Welcome to Jazz Talk Northwest. This is the May episode. My name is Josh. And my name is Max. And today we have a really special guest. Her name is Marina Christopher. She's a good friend of both of ours, local Seattle musician here. And we are going to talk about her upcoming album. The working title is Introducing Marina in the Dreamboats, but that's not what it's going to end up being called, we're told. But yeah, welcome, Marina. Hello. It's good to be here. Awesome. Marina is a bass player of the upright and electric variety. Singer, band leader, arranger, composer. She does all kinds of stuff. And she's got a list of fancy awards that she's won lately. She won Emerging Artist of the Year for... Uh, Earshot's Golden Year Awards for 2017. Also got special mention at Seattle Kobe Female Jazz Vocalist at Jazz Alley for just uh, 2018, right? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It was super fun. Got to sing at Jazz Alley. Had a full attentive audience. It was amazing. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. So, Marina, where did the Dreamboats come from? Uh, it was always a dream of mine to have a big old horn band because that's what we grew up. We grew up in jazz band and stuff. It's it feels like bread and butter. True. Uh, so when Mo Jam Monday at Nectar Lounge, the local Monday night jazz jam, or just the local Monday night funk jam, what have you jam? Whatever it is, yeah. They were invited to come play on band in Seattle, but the caveat is that we had to have original music for the show, and so. That the organizers of Mojam, like Morgan Gilkison, my good friend, and Davey Nifos, they asked people to write songs and then include jammers as their performers. So basically the band that performed at Band in Seattle played the first song I ever wrote for the Dreamboats with with a bunch of horns and a full rhythm section and our first so our first gig was on was on Band in Seattle. And if I'm correct, that's Self Love, right? Self Love. I love that song. That's a great song. <laughs> that's on this <laughs> th- that's on the record, isn't it? Oh yeah. Good. It better be. Yeah. I was actually at that that session as well at at uh Band in Seattle or whatever it is. Were you playing on that one too? I was, yeah. I was playing with a singer named Holly Brown, although I don't I don't actually remember if the song we played was very composed or not. But it was really fun. It sounded pretty good, I think. That was a super fun You guys day. sounded great. Oh, thank you. I distinctly remember that. Thank how, you. How many groups were there that night? I don't know. It aired November 22nd, 2015. <laughs> I okay. remember oh, this. So it was a while ago. Yeah. But uh, really, in my fantasy, I always imagined a song where everybody would sing along at the end. Mm-hmm. And so we, we did in the rehearsal, we taught everybody the little word, the little phrase at the nice. end and everybody sang and my dreams came true. That was amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. So you decided you needed to keep doing that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I was hooked. Okay. That's cool. And so, uh, did you put together a band and just start gigging right away or you like slowly built up a book of arrangements or how did that go? How did you go about that? Now I don't remember what our first gig was, but I I wrote, um, what happened is I won this weird internet award. It's called Washington's Favorite Musicians. Really, it was just get your friends to vote for you. And the other contests they mostly have are for people wanting to be models or something. <laughs> uh-huh. But the, you won five hours of studio time at Orbit Audio, hmm. which is, um, that's where like, they recorded the heist with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis and stuff. And so, uh, so I ended up winning cause I got a hundred people to vote for me. And then I met Joe, this, um, Joe Reineke, the engineer 
We recorded the one song, then I had two more songs I wanted to record, and then we ended up getting a couple of gigs, so I would, I transcribed like some Aretha Franklin tunes or like a Tower of Power song to fill out our set while it took, it just takes time to write out all the horn parts. That's what takes time for me. Definitely. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I actually ran into Marina at a coffee shop right before we came here to do this podcast and <laughs> we were briefly talking about where she recorded the record, but then I realized that that should probably be discussed on the podcast and not in a coffee shop. So see how I so that's really brought cool. it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So what else? So horn parts are hard. Um, <laughs> there are some great songs on, the, on this record, and we're going to talk about a few of them in, specifically, but uh, a lot of these songs seem to have pretty strong messages, uh-huh. which I really like. And I was just wondering if you had any um, kind of driving force behind the things you're writing about or is it just kind of things that come to you or the central theme or it's it's interesting because i ponder with that because in this modern age i'm curious whether i actually want to record another album of tunes unless i have a fully conceived idea for a whole like 44 minutes of music or whatever because mostly these songs are just collect a collection of like snapshots of whatever was happening in my life so Self-love, that first one, the hit, the summer anthem, right? The future <laughs> summer anthem. It's actually my roommate, Kendra. She came home and I was sitting at the piano and I was like, hey, K-Dog, I want to write a song. <laughs> What's going on with you? And she said, well, you know, I'm just, I'm working on my self-love, you know, not trying to take things so seriously. I'm like, yep, that's the song. Nice. So Perfect. some of the songs just, it's so different how everybody writes their stuff, but some just come out immediately and some take, take a minute. But some are just, all of the songs definitely are just written to cheer myself up. Some of them have more deeper, like solemn meanings, but a couple of them are pretty silly. And uh, you told me, Josh, that you laughed aloud a couple times. Definitely. I also did, actually. (laughs) (laughs) There are some pretty hilarious songs. Well, let's uh, get talking, or let's get listening to the first one. Uh, And this is going to be the first one on the record, I believe. And it's uh, titled Another Way Around. Let's give it a listen. Thank you. 
song is awesome i've actually had the privilege of playing a couple gigs with marina and we've done this song and it's really fun to play as well as to listen to and i have to confess that i up until basically when i was listening to these songs for this session never really listened to the words mm. probably because i was i was listening to what i had to play but yeah. common ailment for instrumentalist i found <laughs> especially i don't know maybe a, drummers, a band member but... just told me the same thing actually <laughs> our last gig so no worries there so I was listening to it, um, and I, I kind of assumed a couple things about what it's about, but what, what actually is this about? Uh, so this was written, this came about, um, it was uh, before the two, election 2016, oh, Okay. and I was playing for this weekly jam at Love City Love, which was like a spoken oh, yeah. word. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was so fun. We, is that we, still going? No. Oh. Maybe this podcast will bring about a rise. Because people ask me about it. People to ask me about it. But I don't do it anymore. Um, but they come up with cool hooks that the whole room sings. So I actually stole the words, I don't mean to burn any bridges with you. Mm. And uh, I forget whatever else. But that one stuck in my head. Um, and then to me it was... It felt very divisive in the country. So this is like my attempt to be political, but be as vague as possible and not interesting any feathers. 
So that's what, what, but I'm curious what your, your assumptions were. I wasn't sure if this was about a breakup or if it was about, like, or if it was about, um, like switching, like sexual orientation or, or what? I really just didn't actually know. Oh yeah. So mine, mine is more, I feel like everybody wants the same things, but just have a different, different way to get to it. So you could... You could apply that to a breakup or it's just finding happiness, but we have to take different finding happiness, but we have to take different paths. Interesting. Well, I'm glad I asked. Cool. Good question. Good question. And I love the Heyman B3. In the oh background. yeah. That's Joe Doria. Nice. Yep. This is Local the most, legend. this is the most high end production or like biggest production because it has the strings and the organ and all this stuff. So it's very exciting. That's cool. I actually had a, questions about how you recorded this did oh. you did you have a studio date and just knock out a bunch of songs in one go or they kind of piecemeal or it how'd you go about this pay as i go yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there was a couple days we're gonna get everybody together so maybe we'll do the rhythm section tracks and then add the horns joe actually recorded that on his own and sent mm-hmm. the files to the engineer cool and then found a day where i could get string players in and they doubled doubled mm-hmm. their thing is really only two players yeah um but it turned out very nice. So how long have you actually been singing? Because I initially, when we, I think when we first met, I knew you strictly as a bass player. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you sound great singing. And I, have you always been singing? or Like around a campfire uh, or well, whatever. Okay, but... <laughs> uh, but really what brought along the singing was, um, uh, was when I had this... So I have a medical issue in my neck. I have like a tumor that's hanging out. that's hard to get rid of. And it just might give me a shorter shelf life as a bass player with consideration to my right arm. Interesting. So that's what kind of pushed me to do that. And also, also I've played for a lot of singers. You are both instrumentalists that you might understand that maybe they haven't done all the grunt work that we have in order to communicate whatever we need with each other. And so... I figured well, I could probably do that and play the bass. And then we'd have one less mouth to feed in the band. And that's very important, that's, as we all know. That's a big incentive. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when your band is as large as the Dreamboats. Yeah. My dad used to do the same thing. He was a keyboard player, but he could always do the left-hand bass. And so growing mm. up, I never saw him with a bass player, really. Really? So, yeah. I think that's why I play the bass, because he wanted a bass player. And he brought home a bass for me. So What kind of stuff did he do? He, okay, he was... Um, he did a lot of like jazz, boogie woogie. He was in this touring band in the late 70s called the New Deal Rhythm Band. I saw him play with uh, Ed Hartman and the Olympic okay. Rhythm Band. All, all this, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff. Cool. Yeah. How old were you when you started playing bass? 11. Whoa. Yeah. You started on electric or? Electric bass cool. to learn all the notes for a year and then... Uh, that's how I incentivize people to start playing bass because my first paid gig was when I was 12 Whoa. playing like Louis Prima songs. <laughs> so I love all that. Very cool. Very cool. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> What's our next song? Our next song that we're going to listen to is uh, probably one on a slightly more serious note, right? Stronger Liquor. Let's, <laughs> let's give this one a listen.
improve with wine. I gone and went on a whiskey diet. I lost three days, no time. When wine gets in your brain, some people call it brain pollution. Ask any scientist, they'll have to agree now. Alcohol is a solution. Oh, oh, candy is dandy, but alcohol sure is quicker. Whatever doesn't kill you today makes you drink a stronger liquor. Wine improves with age. I improve with wine. Go ahead and order yourselves another drink at the bar. The band will sound just fine. My favorite part of this song, <laughs> or like one of the funniest things, I think, is just in the beginning where with the Barry Sax, I think, is playing that line, and there aren't even lyrics yet, and it already sounds hilarious. And then the <laughs> words come in, and it's even funnier. It's what a great arrangement. Oh, I, I, re- I really like that the music sells the words before the words even get there. That, that's really cool. I really appreciate that. That that little horn intro at the beginning. At live shows a couple times, I've just made the horns repeat it until someone brings me a drink. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of like play a joke in everybody, you know. <laughs> but that's Peter Daniel playing the baritone saxophone. Thank you, Peter. I was going to ask mm-hmm. who was doing that. It's Peter Daniel. 
That's pretty fun. So you're playing the first track that we listened to. You were playing electric, but you're playing upright on this one. Yes. Uh, two questions. One is when you go play a show, do you bring both? And second one is how do you decide which one to play on which song? Mostly since we have such a giant band, uh, it's if there's stage room for even to have the upright mm. or maybe what venue, maybe depending if it's more jazzy or rock, if they would be able to handle an upright bass because it's very particular, the upright bass. Uh, but mostly I do electric with this band um, and because I don't like switching in the middle. No, Lately... Uh, I have a sousaphone player now in the band who's on one of the tracks of the record. Mm-hmm. We'll and talk so, about that a little later. Oh, excellent. Uh, it's really fun for me because then I don't have to worry about playing the bass. I'm not stuck behind the bass, which it's it's great to be there. Mm-hmm. But um, then I can let my full full diva out. So I guess I'm just lazy and I'll just pick which bass is ever easier. That answers your question. Sure. But what Maybe. about for recording? Like you, you picked oh. upright for this one. Why? Because I wanted to have like that saloon cabaret sure. kind of vibe. Cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there's one song where I actually have both on on one on one song. Nice. Mm. This one kind of reminded me. We just did a session with Birch Pereira, and he has an album that he he calls the style of music he's doing Western soul, I believe. And uh, initially. Like in the first few seconds of this song, I I kind of got that vibe, and then the horns kind of added a more quirky um, attitude, or maybe. But initially, I was kind of thinking this would be like a country song, and it kind of is, but it's definitely more honky swing, funny, whatever. I'll accept it. Let's make it a crossover hit. Let's all agree right yeah. now. It'll be accepted in all genres. Totally. Everyone drinks. Um, and well, then it maybe. also has it has the, you know, we're jazz musicians. I'm going to give the horn some solos. Mm-hmm. And so it has, then both solo sections have that uh, like kind of Dixieland-esque yeah. group solo. And actually in the studio, the engineer thought I had arranged one of them. I was like, how did you write that? I'm like, no, oh. dude, that's all that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because he loved it so much, so that's, cool. that was fun. So, what were you thinking about when you wrote the lyrics? Like, where did, where did that come from? Uh, I think I heard like a dumb joke. You know, I love dad jokes, I love <laughs> and so, and so, I think I was originally trying to write a blues that had like all the lines would be either cliches or metaphors, and figure out how to make that. But then this this alcohol one came, and I'm not a big drinker, but you know, when you're playing a lot of bars bartenders always appreciate if you can entice people to buy another drink so two of the songs on the record are about drinking but i'm not even a big drinker but whatever (laughs) i'm telling a story yep i was gonna try and insert some kind of joke about mothers against drunk driving but it's just not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i i like how i think there's like a section of the song where you say like go buy another drink or something like that is that what you were talking about yeah, yeah, buy another drink, uh-huh. and the band will sound just fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, the beauty of this song is that if we, if anybody ever messes up or anything, it just makes the song better. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I make the end real sloppy. There's the uh-huh. wah wah just because you can, and and it's beautiful. Speaking of the end, I believe the last word is nines. Yeah. And this is something that only me and a few other random people around the world will will know about. But there happens to be a drinking game called nines. 
I'm not that, a big drinker, uh, Max. I don't no, know. no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, this was something that... What is the game? ...came from a time in the past. Uh, it's basically where you have a deck of cards, and um, I'm ashamed to say it's this simple, but basically you just pull cards off the deck, and then if you get a nine, then you drink out of this bowl. <laughs> and then if you don't finish the bowl, you have to you have to fill it up again and, and drink it. And that's the game. Oh. Yeah. My, oh. Sis- my sister-in-law is Canadian, and she told me about a drinking, a Canadian drinking game, and it was just called Drink. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds even more simple. <laughs> I got simple. Josh. I got Josh. Thank you, Vanessa, for that joke. <laughs> uh, great. Thank you. And there we go. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Uh Let's listen to number three. Okay. Cool. Uh, So Pretty Damn Good is the name of this next one. Let's give it a listen. I'm pretty damn good at getting tossed around. Damn good at letting folks down. I'm pretty damn good at leaving books unread, words unsaid, and left for dead. I'm pretty damn good at forgetting lessons that I learned. I'm pretty damn good at stumbling over my own damn words. I'm pretty damn good at puffing up my chest, getting undressed, and looking my Thank you. 
It's called Pretty Damn Good, and Marina, that is pretty accurate. You were pretty <laughs> damn good. Um, tell us a little bit about this one. This one, so I love, I love uh, Randy Newman. So I feel Me like too. this is an you know homage to Randy Newman because um, cool. his his funny songs are so funny. I was just gonna say the arrangement for the the start of this like really made me think of short people. Okay. Just the, the feeling of it. Yeah, that's awesome that you mentioned that. That's cool. Cool, cool. Um, and then actually, I was the the hook. I guess pretty damn good. I guess it's not a hook, but whatever. I was filming Heather T- with Heather Heather Thomas for her video Leanna. I was the bad guy. Nice. And she was pra- they were practicing how are they going to do the the stunts or whatever to the fight. I don't forget what you call it. But um, she said, I'm pretty good at getting tossed around. And I said, oh, I like that. Or how can I use that? And uh, and then this kind of, I don't know, bouncy uh, thing came pretty damn good. <laughs> so it's like there's good things and bad things happening to the person in this thing. But, you mm-hmm. know, was pretty, I'm still pretty good. Hmm. If you could see me, I'm shrugging. <laughs> she is. <laughs> uh, yeah, great to have an audio description of what's going on in yeah. the room. <laughs> cool, yeah, so there's Sousa on this, and you're not playing bass. How is that? I'm playing electric bass, you are actually. Electric bass. It's what we did. So I met Jerome Smith mm-hmm. at the Owl and Thistle, actually. Cool. And it was so, when he, he was there... Right after he played, it was like three people like, so uh, would you play about what suit can I do this? It was, he was like the prettiest <laughs> girl at the ball. But I was like, when I have a gig, you should just come play. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we recorded this one last. And so luckily he was able to get on it. But So I had the electric bass line. And then we just had him do two runs through. One was just more straight ahead. Another one was a little more wacky, a little more kooky, a little more all that stuff. I love mm-hmm. that stuff. And then I just sat with Joe, the engineer, and we picked picked which parts to have electric or this more silly sousaphone playing, whatever. Nice. And to clarify, that's sousaphone, not just sousa. Sousaphone. In case any of like our listeners Philip. don't know what sousa means. John Philip Sousa tuba. Right. <laughs> yeah. Large, circular-looking tuba thing that if plays it, low notes. <laughs> if any of you want to play out in the world, I love uh, spotting tubas out in the world. 
So hashtag tuba spotting. Like is this this is a thing? Like, yeah, I've taken. I took a picture of a guy at the PCC with his tuba. I took a picture of <laughs> a guy. I, I also include euphoniums and baritones. If you you know, I took a picture at the airport. So, so slightly smaller looking tuba things. My friend took a picture of somebody's license plate. Said tuba man, tuba spotting. So join in. <laughs> I think I've seen that license plate actually. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I'll have to check out that hashtag. So yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, this- so oh. Jerome, I just want to talk about the Dream Boats. There's, it's like a, it's not a set band. Jerome is one of the more new new members, but there's so many people. I like to set up my band like, I, I if I'm available to do the gig, then we could do it. So I have charts and stuff for everything. So there's so many different rotating Dream Boats. Max has been a Dream Boat. Uh, other people like cool. David Marriott's been a Dream Boat. Milo Peterson. So it's just kind of a a rotating collective, a state of mind, if you will. Is it always the same number of people, or does that fluctuate as well, depending on the gig? Yeah, it fluctuates. We can have, like, the two horns, or we can go up to the six horns. Nice. Do you have different sets of charts or arrangements for the different horn configurations, then? To, to, that's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> One of my, the saxophone player was complaining. He, he could, it was hard for him to memorize, because there was, like, the two-horn version, there's the three-horn version, and right. there's the full band version. And so I'm like, well, I'll just memorize it, whatever, just fix it. <laughs> so that's, that is a lot of work. That's a, like, a, a, I make binders and stuff, try to stay organized. I bought a printer. It's good. We're good. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot of printer, a lot of uh, pages to be printing. And mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, do you have any upcoming shows with the dream boats that you want to talk about? I do. So the, the big one that you can all, uh, come out to is july 13th that's the cd release the album release and nice. it's at the historic j and m cafe in pioneer square and it's free there's no cover awesome we'll be playing from nine to twelve you can just come out and hang out buy a record right on that is i think uh, arguably one of the oldest bars in seattle yeah, right? they re- yeah the first one to rebuild after the the fire yeah yeah but i have lots of shows <clears throat> the dream boats will be at um we're at the Edgewater in May a couple times, and we're at like the Bite of Seattle, the Taste of Tacoma. So the best place to go. We're at the W Hotel this summer. We have a residency there, so you can just go to marinaandthedreamboats.com, find out more. Nice, very cool. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I had a really good time with the song. It's really fun. I think <laughs> my favorite part. I have a favorite part in like every song, and my favorite part in this one is when you say it's uh, pretty. When you're pretty damn good at, or you are pretty damn good at dropping the beat, and then the beat drops and the drum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. It's pragmatic. Yeah. There are a lot of really cool places where unexpected beat drops happen in, in these songs. <laughs> Thanks. I Thanks. really like that. Yeah, we recorded these pretty soon after. Uh, I wrote them, so it's it's really fun to see where the group is now with them and how mm-hmm. much kind of more freedom we have because we can all depend on each other to get get whatever done with a huge band. You you get that a lot in smaller groups, but and with a large band, it's it's really fun to experience that too. I really like how a lot of these songs also feel like you could kind of sit there and wave your lighter to them, or <laughs> I mean, you know, um, just kind of sing along or or wave your cell phone people it, do it that just now, has I think. that vibe oh. most a lot of these songs have that vibe and it's really cool not a lot of music i hear being composed today has that oh thank so. you
So we're about to wrap up here, but before we go, Marina is having a private listening party for uh, this upcoming record release, mm-hmm. and she's been kind enough to give away two tickets to one of our very lucky listeners. Can you tell us a bit more about this party? Absolutely. So on June 8th, I'm having a, it's kind of a rap party slash, you know, industry, industry people party. And we'll have food and drinks and we're going to be listening to the record. There's going to be three different sessions. It's at the Woodland Theater. It's kind of a small, small place. So we're going to have three different sessions and we'll have some live music performances. And it's a really cool space. It's actually where Kimya Dawson, you know, that is, has like a recording studio and there's a record, record store out front. But we'd love to give away two tickets to your listeners to come party with us before the record comes out. Sounds great. How so cool is that? Here are instructions on how to participate. So look up Marina and the Dreamboats on Facebook. Like their page. If you already like the page, which I'm sure a ton of you already do, then that's <laughs> fine. Uh, also like the Jazz Talk Northwest Facebook page and send us a message at Jazz Talk Northwest on Facebook. And on March 24th, we will be randomly picking a name out of the list. May 24th. May 24th. <laughs> Thanks, Max. On May 24th, <laughs> Time we'll, be, in the past. <laughs> we'll be picking a random person, a lucky winner uh, to give away two tickets to. And we will announce the winners on Facebook on the Jazz Talk Northwest page on May 25th, the day after. Sounds good. Sounds fun. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that about wraps up the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us here, Marina. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's a great way to spend an afternoon. Awesome. And we're looking forward to the, hearing the release um, when it comes out July 13th. Is July that right? 13th. July 13th. At the J&M Cafe. No cover. Awesome. Sounds good.